I'd like to say good morning to everyone. Good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. My name is Sharon Lewis. I'll be your moderator for this morning's class. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school. It is not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinsley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes throughout the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield branch was established in 1997. I would like to introduce to you the president of the Southfield branch, Dr. Edward Ewell, and the dean is Dr. Marvin Lewis. And also our vice president is Dr. Ron Adams. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifesting in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title that our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and balance of everything. 
We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose the cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show to you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being. That is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, the self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time that he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop of Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed him to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a fourth roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Our primary constitutional aims and objectives of the school are as follows. First is to help you to find and to know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, caste, creed, sex, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scripture, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, and modern, practical, and folk science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensation and time. 
Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, Satan, and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensation of eight and eight. I'm sorry, through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of a mortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace. Our slogan speak the truth. And at this time, we will have a prayer by Dr. Kari Brown, followed by scripture reading, uh, Philippians, the second chapter, which will be read by Dr. April Lewis. Wherefore, 
Yahweh also have highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Yahshua the Messiah, every knee shall bow of the things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Yahshua the Messiah is Yahweh to the glory of Elohim, I'm sorry, to the glory of Yahweh the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is Yahweh which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of Yahweh, without rebuke, in the midst of the crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of the Messiah, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice in me. But I trust in Yahshua, I'm sorry, but I trust in the Savior, Yahshua, to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no, I'm sorry, for I have no man like-minded who would naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are natural in the science. But you know, because of him, that as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in Yahweh, that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Ephorodiatus, my brother, and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after all and was full of heaviness because that he had heard, I'm sorry, because that he had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick now unto death. But Yahweh had mercy on him, and not only on him, I'm sorry, but not on him only, but on me also. Lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him therefore the more carefully, that when you see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in Yahweh with all gladness, and hold such a reputation. Because for the work of the Messiah, he was not unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. That was Philippians, the second chapter. Scripture. 
I want to welcome everyone out to elect this lecture again. I, my heart is filled just to be able to meet in person like this. Uh, so I am so grateful that Yahweh has allowed this to take place. Uh, just before I call on the first speaker, just to acknowledge that um, we will have a format today uh, um, 35 minutes per speaker. Uh, and you know, hopefully our visitors, we have visiting with us for the first time, some first time visitor, and that they will get a lot out of what is shared today. And I just want to announce your names. We have visiting with us from our Orlando, Florida branch, Dr. Nikki Johnson. And if you would stand, please, and see you. So glad to have you, Nikki. We have also visiting for the first time. Dana Bryant and Josephine Johnson, if you guys welcome. We also have visiting from our Detroit brand, uh, Lisa Austin. We're very happy to have you here as well. Thank you so much. And we ask also if, you know, there's a hallway right out there in the courtyard. If children do get to be too loud, so just take a moment and walk them out so we can, uh, because we are streaming this, so we don't want to hold a lot of background noise, if at all possible, but our children are um, <laughs> And we're also asking um, for the speakers to please speak as loud as you can, try to outweigh your voice if you call them to speak. So I'm happy to call on for our first speaker this morning. Dr. Rhonda Brazil. already made manifest some magnificent things this morning that I heard, and uh, it's really awesome. We really are so glad that you have come. Um, this is what our labor of love is, is that the things that Yahweh has shared with us has brought us so much peace and joy that we want an endeavor to impart it to someone else. We're not looking to build a big congregation. Nobody's going to pass a plate. It's all freely been given to us and we freely related to those that are seeking the truth about God. Uh, this teaching came about <laughs> through divine vision and revelation to our founder, Dr. Henry. His name is written up here on this chart in very small letters. We don't have any pictures of him. And he is not glorified as anybody. Um, other than the fact that Yahweh chose him as the vessel 
at the end of this age to deliver the truth. And I want to get this and, and take some time to, to build this understanding, because this is not what you relatively receive in the world about how to learn anything about your heavenly father. There are many different denominations and sects and religious ideas and, and concepts out there in the world. Um, and our heavenly father, because he is one of his attributes is justice. He's going to be fair. And, and we did not realize that. He's going to be fair. He knows that his creatures are trying to know something about him. And in all fairness, he's going to make himself known to them. Because they're looking for him. And that's exactly what he's always done. And I want to get that in Numbers 12 and 6. And then I want to get the corresponding scriptures about how Yahweh communicates in visions and in revelations. Get Isaiah 1 and 1, get Ezekiel 1 and 1, um, then get Proverbs 29, 18, Matthew 17, and then we're going to go all the way over to Revelation, the first chapter. And as you see, Numbers 1 and 1, is good, I mean, Numbers 12, is going to be in the first part of your Bible that is called the Law. These books of Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Leviticus are the first five books of your Bible that are attributed to the author Moses. Now, how did Moses come about to even write about Yahweh? Good. Numbers 12 and 6. That's Numbers 12 and 6. Uh-huh. And he said, hear now my word. Now, this is Yahweh responding to Miriam and Aaron, who have come before Moses and said, hasn't Yahweh spoken to all of us? Well, Yahweh decided to pipe up and, and give some clarity about this. <laughs> he said, hear now my words. I, Yahweh, we are. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, right, I, Yahweh, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Now, this is one of the parameters of how any of us are going to understand anything about Yahweh. He said, if there be a prophet among you, so you have many different religious ideas, you have many, you've got all kinds of TV evangelists on the screen talking about their creator. But this is what Yahweh said is one of the fundamental um, rules, if you will. If there be a prophet among you, if he's going to tell you anything about himself, he's going to tell you anything about God, that prophet had better have had a vision. Because Yahweh's going to speak to that prophet in a vision and in a dream. And why is that? Because the human intellect, the human mind, is incapable of under understanding anything about spirit. Spirit, Yahweh is spirit. That's in John, and I'm going to quote some scriptures, and you don't have to go get them because it's the second time. I've left 35 minutes. But Yahweh said in John, the Yahshua Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ, that's in John, um, the fourth chapter. He said, Yahweh is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when you have spirit, spirit is invisible. 
Spirit is such is a higher state of existence than this physical plane. And Yahweh made these things known about himself in that he created the creation to reflect it. So here in our actual earthly realm, we have something that represents and something that we can understand how spirit operates. So we live in an atmosphere that surrounds this earth plane. We are contained within that atmosphere and that atmosphere must also be contained in us in order for us to live, move, and have our being. So this is what Paul said in Acts 17, and I want you to start at 22. We're talking about how we're gonna to come to understand anything about Yahweh, who is spirit. That's Acts 17 and 22. Uh -huh. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Right, ye men of Athens, right. I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Too superstitious, and in some Bibles it says you are too religious. Mm -hmm. That's what we have, religion, right. all over the world. Mm -hmm. So how do we come to understand anything? Keep, keep going. For as I passed by and mm -hmm. beheld your devotions, right. I found an altar with this inscription, uh -huh. to the unknown God. Now this is Paul walking around in Athens priest at the beginning of this age where he received himself a vision. That's recorded in Acts 9 chapter where he was knocked down on the road to Damascus and he himself as he describes was taken to the third heaven and shown things that are impossible for a man to utter. And that was a vision that he received. He also Paul went on to say I will receive visions and revelations. I will come to visions right. and revelations. Right. Because that was the only way, that is the only way, that our Heavenly Father imparts unto us any truth and understanding about Him through His Spirit. Go ahead and read what Paul says. Whom there, excuse me, for I cast by and beheld your devotions. Right. I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Now a similar situation would be that there are churches all over the place. On every corner in every neighborhood, you have a church. They have their inscriptions. That's their titles. What kind of church they are. Catholic, Protestant, Episcopalian, whatever. So this is the same situation that Paul encountered in Athens, Greece. Read on. Mm -hmm. To the unknown God. To the unknown. Therefore, ye ignorantly worship. And we all did ignorantly worship the only true God, and that's Yahweh. Read on. Him declare I unto you. Yeah. Yahweh, right, that made the world and all things therein. Now, Yahweh made the world and all things therein. This is an introduction to who your Heavenly Father truly is. His name was always Yahweh. That's That King James Version of your Bible is exactly that. King James Version. That's right. I had the chance to go to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. And one of the displays in the Ark Encounter at the end of that tour were all the Bibles all over the world. Mm -hmm. They had all these different languages of Bibles all over the world, mm -hmm. which was really remarkable. They had these older versions of the Bible. You know, the older ones did not have Lord God Jesus Christ in them. They didn't have Jesus in them. Because Jesus, that is an English rendition that was put in your King James Bible. And when it was originally put in the King James Bible, there was no J then. That's in 1611. Dr. Edward Ewell uh, allowed us to, to acquire some of those 
books, the 1611 edition of the King James Bible. It doesn't have a J in it. Because there was no J at the time. There was no J at the time that the Messiah was walking the earth land. Your entire Bible is the depiction and the experiences of patriarchs and prophets who had vision of Yahweh. Yahweh Elohim. He is our name. That's his name. That's his personal name, Yahweh. It means, it has an actual meaning. Yah in Hebrew conjugates the verb to be. And his name describes one who is, or one who will be, or one who exists, or causes to exist. It is also described as self-existing one. That's what spirit is. He is spirit. And we didn't get that in this in John's fourth chapter. Yahweh, who is spirit, he is the ultimate substance, source, limits, and bounds of everything, which Paul is about to say. He said, Yahweh, who made the world and everything therein. What did he say about Yahweh? Uh, Yahweh that made the world and all things therein. Right. Seeing that he is the creator of heaven and earth. Right. Dwelleth not in temples made with hands. That makes so much sense when you really understand that. What temple made with hands? Cook and tighter. <laughs> he made the world and all things therein. Furthermore, keep reading. Neither is worshipped with man's hands. There is nothing you can That's do right. with your hands to do anything for Yahweh. That's right. He is the essence and source of all things that you have to have right. to even exist. That's right. You can't do nothing for him. Right. You understand? Not anything. He gives you. What did he say? Keep reading. Neither is worshipped with man's hands. Right. As though he needed anything. What you want to get rid of? Seeing he yeah. giveth to all life, life, and breath, and, breath. and all things. And all things. That's he right. gave to all life. Now that's depicted in your Genesis account in that Bible. That's written by Moses. Now, how did Moses, who isn't even born to the book of Exodus, gets to write anything about the Genesis account? That's right. Of the creation of the heaven and earth. Okay. Like he said in Numbers 12 and 6, if there be a prophet among you, and it, it, Moses is attributed as a great prophet, he can prophet. If there be one, I, Yahweh, will make myself known to him in a vision and speak unto him in a dream. And what we didn't understand until this vision Yahweh gave at the end of the world, that's how Yahweh's communicates, is that what you're reading in Genesis 1 and 1 as the account of the creation is Moses' vision of the account of the creation. Okay. Now watch, we just want to stop for a minute, because this is what we didn't do when we were out there. We didn't stop and think for a minute. How in the world is God going to create in six days? Who made the day for him to create the day? Where did the day come from? It's going to be six days, isn't it? No, the six days is the six days of the vision that he had. I want you to get this. See, these are the pearls that Yahweh made us understand about how we have to come to know him. We have to understand it as it really is and actually exists. Get Exodus. And that's in um, Exodus, what is it, the 12th chapter and 20? Exodus 12. No, 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 not 12. What am I thinking? 24. Exodus oh, 24. 24 and 16. Right. Exodus 24 and 16. Right. 
And Moses went up into the mountain. Now, in Exodus 24:1, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu are called up into the mountain. And Moses alone is instructed to approach Yahweh in the mountain, in the cloud. Now, there was this, when Yahweh delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, this is in your Exodus uh, account of the uh, Exodus of the children of Israel, which has been depicted in many different movies. But what they never showed you is that this cloud that led them out went up and sat upon atop Mount Sinai. And this was where Moses actually met with Yahweh Elohim, which is depicted on this chart. It took a vision to our founder for us to understand what we're reading in Exodus the 24th right. chapter of the meeting between Yahweh Elohim and Moses. Now remember, Yahweh is spirit. Mm -hmm. But what Yahweh in his, because he is the creator of all, he's the essence and the, the source of all, he has the ability to manifest or make himself seen or known in a vision because he comes and manifests in a different form. In the pure spirit form, he can't be seen or understood. He can break himself down or condescend or transmutate, this is his words, that's in the Bible, transfigure into a different form. That was described in your moderation as Yahweh Elohim. It's still Yahweh. Right. It's Yahweh in a form or in a state or a condition that can speak yes. and be seen in vision. Right. So he, Yahweh Elohim, is the one that instructed Moses to come up into the mount. And we just got to get to Exodus 24 and start it. Yeah, and I guess. Exodus 24 and 1. Uh -huh. And he said unto Moses, right. Come up unto Yahweh. Right. Thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. Right. And one should be afar off. Right. And Moses alone shall come near Yahweh. That's right. And but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. Right. And Moses came up and told the people all the words of Yahweh. Okay, now go to the ninth verse, because that's what happened. Ninth verse? Uh-huh. Then went up Moses uh -huh. and Aaron, right. Nadab and Abihu, right. and seventy of the elders of Israel. Right. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. How did they see him? Right. Let's see. Everybody keep it up. How did they see him? In a vision. That's, right. that's how he shows himself. That's right. It's in a vision. They saw, as it says in your Bible, the God of Israel. Well, that's what the whole Bible's about. God. His name is Yahweh. They saw Yahweh in a vision. In this shape from a man, which they really don't describe. And there was under his feet, as it were, a cave work of a sapphire stone. So he had feet. Keep reading. And as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. Yeah, body. Keep reading. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hands. He had hands. Mm -hmm. So they are describing the That's shape right. form of a man. Mm -hmm. That they saw of him, but he's not a man. He is a super incorporeal. Mm -hmm. That he's a little higher than the angels. That he's depicting himself as to them. They didn't touch him. He was a flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. They saw that in a vision. Keep reading. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh, excuse me, also they saw Elohim and did eat and drink. That's right. And Yahweh said unto Moses, Right. Come up to me into the mount and be right. there. And be there. And I will give thee tables of stone. Right. And a law. 
and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. That's where Moses received the Ten Commandment law. Mm -hmm. It was up there in their mouth. Now, they didn't show you that in the Ten Commandment movie, but that's how he got it. He had already written them, and he went up there to receive those tables of stone. Now go over to 20. 20 is birth. Right. Is it 16? I'm 16 verse. Yes. Right. And the glory of Yahweh of all. I shall start at 15. Go ahead. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. Now we just heard him. Invite them up. Tell them Moses alone should come up. So Moses goes up. And go ahead and read. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount. Went up into this cloud, read on. And the glory of Yahweh abode upon Mount Sinai. Uh-huh. And the cloud covered it six days. Six days. Now, see, now, we didn't think nothing about why that was written in there that way. That's you right. got six days, and if you're looking in that Bible, you'll see that there's a little colon next yes. to that six days. Mm -hmm. And what a colon usually means is that there's going to be an explanation of that That's six right. days. Keep reading. And the seventh day, what? wait a minute, we're missing something. <laughs> Skip to the seventh day. What happened to the six days? But guess where that six days is? Mm -hmm. That's your Genesis 1 and 1. That's right. In the beginning, that's before right. we get it, we got to get it because you got to see how this works. That's where that six days of the account of the creation come in because that crowd and the vision that Yahweh was giving to Moses was yes. that six day account. Now the mountain's already there, the creation's already been created. Moses is in the cloud to receive a rerun of how Yahweh did all this. Now here Yahweh is dictating and narrating to Moses what he's going to write when he sees this up here. And see, Yahweh didn't say, let there be light, and there was light. And that, that was, that's Moses' account uh, that he's being told by Yahweh. Go ahead and read Genesis 1 and 1. I'm going to read it next to this. She's going to pick okay. up in Genesis. All right, go ahead. 16th verse. Mm -hmm. And the glory of Yahweh abode upon my Sinai. Right. And the cloud covered it six days. Right. In the beginning. Right. Yahweh created the heaven and the earth. That's right. And the earth was without form and void. Right. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Right. And the spirit of Yahweh moved upon the face of the water. Right. And Yahweh Elohim said, let there be light. Now the reason why he said that because he's dictated to Moses. When this actually happened, wasn't nobody back there. Right. And he had to send that to nobody. Wasn't nobody there. Yes, so this is what he's right. showing to Moses. Yes. Yahweh said, go ahead. And Yahweh said, let there be light. And it took four days. No. 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 <laughs> we ain't got no days. Get one. Get um, uh, uh, Isaiah one and one. 
Isaiah 1 and 1. Right. The vision of Isaiah, right. the son of Amos, right. which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. He saw a vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And this is what Yahweh told him in Isaiah 8 and 20 mm -hmm. about how to go about to understand something about Yahweh. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. 8 and 20. Isaiah 8 and 20. Right. To the law, to the law, and to the testimony, and to the testimony which are the prophets mm -hmm. that wrote the testimony of Yahweh Elohim, as He appeared to them. As Isaiah had a vision, He told him to write something to the Judah in Jerusalem. They were told to write these things. Go to Ezekiel one, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. That's Ezekiel. We want one and one. Yeah. Ezekiel 1 and 1. Right. Now it came to pass in the 13th year, right. in the fourth month. Ezekiel is a prophet. Remember what Yahweh said about any prophet. Read mm -hmm. on. In the fifth day of the month, right. as I was among the captains by the river of Sheba, uh -huh. that the heavens were open. The heavens were open. And I saw visions. Oh, look at that. That's a prophet having a vision. Right. Okay, now go to Habakkuk. Let's see what he said about Habakkuk in Proverbs 28.9. Whichever one is first. Mm -hmm. Proverbs first. Proverbs, mm -hmm. yeah. Proverbs 29.18. I, excuse me, Habakkuk 2 and 2. Proverbs. I'm sorry. Oh, you want Proverbs? Yeah, I want me to get it here. Proverbs 29 and 18. Right. <clears throat> Without a prophetic vision, the people perish. You can't understand anything about Yahweh who is spirit without a vision. Go to Habakkuk 2 and 2 because this is coming up to current events. That's right. This is so exciting to me. <laughs> 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 because this is us. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny to say that. Speaker, I'm sorry. It's us today. Yes. This is what Yahweh promised. Mm -hmm. In Habakkuk 2 and 2. Mm -hmm. Read on. Habakkuk 2 and 2. Right. I will stand upon my watch right. and set me upon the tower. Right. And will watch to see what he will say unto me. Because yes. back in the first chapter, you go back, he's like, oh, y'all, we are lamenting and this and this, we done done all this and we done sinned and I'm, you see all this horror and you're not saying nothing. And this is what Rebecca is saying in the first chapter. You go back and read it. So he said, I'll stand on my watch and see what y'all will say to me. And this is what y'all is saying. You and know? what shall I answer when I am reproved? Yes. Right. And Yahweh answered me and said, Right. Write the vision. Write the vision. And make it plain upon the table. Plain upon table. That's yeah. what we're looking at. Right. These charts, and these, this is a small rendition of the charts we have. There's like 10 or 12 of them. And so these charts are the vision that Habakkuk was told mm -hmm. of Yahweh would come at the end. Read on what he says. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, yes. but at the end it shall speak, it will speak, and not lie, and not lie. That's the vision that was given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kelly, and that's also recorded in Revelation that the seventh angel would come, and that the mystery of Yahweh or the puzzle of God. Yes. So that very thing that we described about Genesis 1 and 1 and how the account of Genesis is Moses' vision. See, those things were the things that Yahweh revealed at the end. 
because he knows these creatures are looking for him. And he knows they want to know. So he made a way for us to understand something about him and instructed it in a vision. In Isaiah, he said, to the law right. and to the testimony. Now, most of your affiliations in the world don't even understand how that Bible's put together. But well, we just talked about how that Bible is a collection of the vision that Yahweh gave down through time of himself and his purpose, pattern, plan. He instructed Moses, who was the first man to write anything about Yahweh, after he had that vision of the creation of heaven and earth. That's Genesis, your first book. And so Moses wrote about Yahweh, and he wrote about the events that took place when he delivered Yahweh, caused him to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, and their trek on into Canaan. That's Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. That's what all of that is about. Well, you will find out that in the prophets that came after that, after the law of Moses was given, and listen, with this vision and revelation, Yahweh explained exactly why he gave the law and exactly how that law is not in effect today. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking about the Ten Commandments. Law is supposed to be keeping, you know, if they didn't build a sanctuary out there and take sacrifices of lambs and turtle doves and bullocks, you're not going to be taking that law right here. Nobody. Yeah, he got a he did away with that. That was the mission of the Messiah. He set up a physical way of worship, not to prove that you could be righteous by physical works. No. It was in fact given for just the opposite reason. The law was given to yes. point out sin. Yes. That was what all mankind inherited from their forefather out in Adam and Eve. They could not understand how they just couldn't do right. If you go into one of the prophets, Daniel, the ninth chapter, you start at the beginning, and you will read how Daniel is praying to Yahweh. Israel has sinned, we've left the law, we're not doing anything right, we're just, and he's lamenting. Again, you will find when you read all of these prophets, that they were coming to the people to prophesy to them and say, you're out of order. You've done this completely wrong. But Yahweh's going to send a deliverer. Yahweh's going to send a deliverer. He said the same thing in Daniel 9 chapter. He sent an angel to Daniel. When Daniel began to pray and told Daniel, 70 weeks, he said a time period where all that lamenting about sin was going to be over. I mean, it's awesome. And this is why the entire world is incorrecting the way that they worship Yahweh. Because they're still worshiping Yahweh under the idea that they have to do some type of penance, works, or physical acts to relieve sin. They've not understood that the Messiah's sacrifice is what eliminated it altogether. Once forever. Forever. That's amazing. And in that truth, as Messiah said to them when he walked the earth plane, he said, the truth shall make you yes. free. That's right. We down here, understanding something about Yahweh's purpose as it really is, we don't tie. We don't have to keep the Ten Commandments law. Listen, we don't go crazy because the law that this typified, That's right. that this was an example of, this was the operation in the physical of what the Holy Spirit That's is right. going to do in you after the Messiah's death and resurrection. He signified this when he made them to create a sanctuary back here. 
This sanctuary was what they were going to, to use under the Ten Commandment law to forgive their sins. This sanctuary is described in over 40 chapters in your Bible, and nearly nobody talks about it in the world. I want you to get Hebrews. Is it um, 8 and 1 or 9 and 1? They say 8 Yeah, Hebrews 8 and 1. This is Hebrews. We're over here what they call the New Testament. We're over here with Paul. We'll see what Paul talks about right quick in Hebrews. Hebrews are the Jews. That's right. He wrote to the Jews. I, I need you to get this. Hebrews 1 and 1. Hebrews, right quick. Hebrews 1. You want some one and one? Yep. Hebrews one and one. Right. Yahweh. Yahweh. Who at sundry times. Who at various times. And in diverse manners. In diverse manners. Spanking time passed unto the fathers by the prophets. The fathers are the fathers of the Jews. He spake in times past unto those fathers by the prophets. But what's happened? Happened these last days. These last days. Now what last days is he talking about? After the Messiah has appeared in the world. His death, burial, resurrection, and out of the Holy Spirit. You are in the last days, folks. These are the last. Yahweh gave that vision to Moses. A six-day account of the creation. He said in the prophets, this is how you come to understand how we've seen by the vision. It was Yahweh who gave the vision to our founder that connected what he did with Moses in the six days of creation with what the prophet says later. That a day with Yahweh is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. So he gave six day account of creation and seventh day he rested and he showed in the divine vision at the end of the world that Yahweh operates by ages and dispensations that there are six thousand years of time for this creation and then as that six days is completed, there will be rest thereafter. So each one of those days of creation correlate with the 6,000 years of this creation. Time in this creation, 6,000 years. So Yahweh showed Moses in the vision how the sun, remember how in the beginning of that Genesis 101, he said, let there be light and there was light. Do you know that that answers the question that most scientists have in the world? How in the world could vegetation come in on the third day without the sun on the fourth day? Nobody! You would think that they would figure this out. Nobody! They would figure it out. The Genesis put a one described light. <laughs> in the beginning, there was light. He said, let there be light that was light. The light he called day, the darkness kept light. What light is that? Mm -hmm. See, we didn't understand it was a light without the sun. Mm -hmm. This is the true sun right. that gives life and light to all things. Mm -hmm. That's in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with Yahweh. The Word was Yahweh. In Him was life. And the life is the light of man. He's the life giver. Yahweh Elohim who created the whole creation. Yahweh Elohim who Yahweh showed himself to Moses and depicted those days of creation. So he showed, thank you, he showed that on the fourth day the sun came into the sky. And this was the light that lighted the world after that. That sun out there in the sky, that's what presents and has the we're, we're lamenting that it's going away because it's getting cold and things are going to die off the trees. And that sun that gives life to the earth is moving, we're moving away from it. And it's going to get colder and things will die. Mm -hmm. 
Because he, this sun out here in the sky, is a representation of this sun. When you're close to him, there's life. You're far from him, there's no life. You understand? So you put that sun in the sky on the fourth day. That sun, that same Yahweh Elohim, he was manifest in physical form. That's who the world calls Jesus Christ. That's in Timothy, third chapter. Great is the mystery of righteousness. Yahweh was manifest in the flesh. This self-saying Yahweh Elohim, that was life. He said when he walked around, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Right. You, know, you know what he else also said? He said, I am the light of the world. Mm -hmm. The same light that was back here and was day to Moses manifested down here. It was light. You understand? He was the illumination, the understanding of Yahweh. And guess when he came in? When did that sun come into the earth plane? The fourth day, a day with Yahweh is as a thousand years. And your Bible theologians say he was born at 4,000 because he had to come in on that fourth day. There's so much Yahweh showed and revealed and explained, and now that Bible's about this thing. Because now we can connect it the way it's supposed to be connected right. to understand something about Yahweh. Using the keys that he gave us. You understand? Understanding that to the law and to the testimony, what he showed to Moses and what he described to those prophets, this is the key to understanding the entire Bible. Mm -hmm. There's so much. And it's just too much to go into in 35 minutes or two hours is half a decade or your lifetime. Right. <laughs> you have to come back. Please do come back and stay with us. There's a lot to give. We can slow it down, spread it out. On the Zoom classes, that's also what's done. So please do come back and stay with us. Thank you, Dr. Brazil. I enjoyed that so much. I'm, I'm so excited. I don't know. I just, I'm so excited. I feel good being here. This is wonderful. Uh, it is a pleasure to call on for our next speaker, Dr. Harold Way Jr. And we just like to say, speakers can remove their masks. Just thing back here, next to the chart, if you choose to remove it. I'd like to say good morning to the class. Good morning. And I, too, am a student in this school. And see, you go to a school to learn something that you did not know before. See, and I truly enjoyed the previous people. And see, she stated what she learned since she came into attendance in this school. And that, see, we all was in the same boat. Right. See, uh, can I get that in uh, Revelation, the 12th chapter? See, and that boat that I'm referring to is that. We was all deceived. Right. See? Right. And that's what Yahweh, He put us in the state that we needed to save. Okay? Yeah, well. 
And there was, I'm sorry, Revelation 12 and 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Can you repeat that last couple of words you said, please? And that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Now, see, that's something, and he's so fooled with it. See, the whole world not even in understanding that they've been deceived. These preachers out here have to like they know something. But the information is in that book. But guess what? It has to be revealed. See? And that's, that's when it gets back to our founder. He received a divine vision and a revelation. Okay. Now you might hear different people say they had vision, but they rarely say that they had the revelation and they're able to tell you about what the vision meant that they had. Because it's, it's visions in the Bible. You know, uh, uh, Isaiah, uh, when I'm saying Nebuchadnezzar and uh, Pharaoh, he also he had a dream, but right. he needed the interpretation of that dream because he didn't understand the meaning. See, you can, you can have, we all have dreams. Mm -hmm. We all have dreams. But what is the meaning of your dream? Now, his was stupendous. It was panoramic. Now, you know what? When I first came into the school, I really didn't even know what panoramic means. And that means all-encompassing. Mm -hmm. See? Like when you got these new cars, they got the roof, and it come like way back further than it did in, in, in the first sun, it come back so you can see more, okay? And see, that's what his vision is. It showed you more about the visions and the revelations that previous prophets had. Cause see, Yahweh would pick up somebody, set it down and give it another and pick him up. But he would preach thus said Yahweh. Mm -hmm. See? And it wasn't until at the end that he made all together in one circle and he came through this vessel. That's And it's so wonderful because it's like she said, we never knew that Moses had a vision. That's why he was able to write about something that happened thousands of years before he was born. My preacher, I was in, I went to church just like most of us did. I never had that explained all the time and didn't even, wasn't smart enough to even ask him. Well, you know, how, how did this come about? It never was dawned on me to even ask that question. And it wasn't to you, but it was answered because this, he know what you need before you even ask And that's what's in the Bible. See? And that when you come into this school, I remember what we said. You have to take your thoughts and you have to deposit them in the waste paper basket. Because he's not going to go by customs and traditions and the way you think it should be. But guess what? They go by customs. Mm -hmm. 
And I had never heard that before either. See, prior to me, and it ran in the Bible all the time. And I might have heard them read over it, but never explained like it happened in this school since I came in here. See, now, when it came with the vision, it came with the pattern. I need that too in Exodus. Because see, it's, it's a set way of coming into an understanding of your creation. Because he made the creation by a pattern, and the pattern is breaking down how you can understand your creator. See, spirit, what spirit is, see? And it's, it's, it's just so marvelous. So. That's Exodus 25 and 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, according to all that I showed thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Even so shall you make it. And it's a uh, 40th uh, verse. 40 verse. Mm -hmm. And look that thou make them after their pattern which was shown thee in the mountains. Now see, he referred to what Roger was saying back then when he called him up into the mountain and showed him the creation as what she was explaining in the first six days. Now the first six days was in the creation. Now, but you find that Moses was up there 40 days. He was up there 40 days. Okay, now six days it broke down the, the, the creation by the pattern, but the seventh day it rested. Now, what he was doing the, the next 33 days? See? Now, guess what? I got that answer since I came into this school. And it's in there, and it's testifying to that in the 40th chapter. See, he learned about the tabernacle pattern. See? And that's significant because. You have to come into an understanding of how things come into be, because you come into existence by this And it's so beautiful. It's like the pieces of a puzzle when you put them in the place. That's why you can see the whole picture coming into view. See, if you just got a little part of the picture but the rest of it's missing, you can't really understand. But when you get the rest of the pieces and you put them all together, then you can understand it. See, in this tabernacle pattern, see, you had an outer core, you had a holy place, and you had a most holy place. Now, this is also significant to how you come into existence. See, and how the whole creation comes into existence. Because, see, from the smallest particle, of matter is made by this pattern. Mm -hmm. See, you got uh, an atom, where they got uh, is an electron, a neutron, and a proton. Mm -hmm. See, and see, it's three, but it's one. Mm -hmm. See, and that's when uh, you have it in, uh, what is that? Whereas these three are one of uh, blood, water, and the spirit. First John. First John. See? And that it's, it's breaking down this pattern that is it's, it's in your Bible. And that's a way to come to understand your creator and yourself. See? You know, spirit. See? Your, you consist of uh, body, 
So uh, soul and spirit, you know. Uh, see, and that's 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 all by the same time. See, and that in order to come into a profound understanding, you you have to have a set guide way of doing it, and that's what he did. See, and he started with. Moses, because he broke it down to the children of Israel, and he um, is in there, and he made his ways known to Moses. Can you get that from See, you you have to follow the directions, but you have to have somebody that knows, you know, what how the directions was. You, they say, uh, if there's a, a prophet among you, like she had read it, I will talk to him in the vision. And, but, get that scripture. Psalms 103. 103 and 7. Okay. Yeah. Psalms 103 and 7. He made his, he made known his way to Moses is acts unto the children of Israel. See, and that's and really when you come to understand when Moses had a problem, he went to the meeting tent mm -hmm. to get an answer. Mm -hmm. See, and that's that's so wonderful because you would think Moses was all knowing because he was talking directly to Yahweh. Now, prior to me coming to this school, listen. I hadn't even heard the name of Yahweh. See? And it's it just to show you when you go to meet somebody, you have to have a proper introduction. That's what I'm going by. That pattern. It's a set way of coming to understanding something. When you meet somebody, you say, Hello, I'm Harold Wade Jr. What's your name? Now, all the time for 16 years, I have been going to church. And they have been telling me the name of my creator was Lord and God. Mm -hmm. Come to find out, Lord and God are not named. Right, right. 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 <laughs> now, like I said, related back to what I had said at first. See, we was all deceived. Mm -hmm. See, we received that from somebody who we felt was dear to us. Mm -hmm. And shared that with us out of love. But really, in essence, it was out of ignorance. Mm -hmm. Now, what ignorance means is they didn't know. Right. Mm -hmm. See, and that's what a lot of these folks is. They're getting up there and they repeat something that they heard. But it's not according, because it said, uh, my people got zeal, but it's not according to knowledge. Right. See, and see, you, you'll find that, see, that's that's one of the attributes of Yahweh. See, see, when you come into an understanding of this gospel, you got something to stand on. See, because you you got a pattern of all things. It's nothing in this creation that escapes this pattern. Right. See, and all other attributes breaks down all other universal principles and laws. See. Because it's, it's interesting that Moses came up with the law. But it's so much more because with the law came 
ordinance also. And you very rarely hear them talk about that. See, it's other things that came with it. And it was to show up your unrighteousness. They, they using that as, as a form of righteousness now in the world, saying how holy they are, the church and whatnot. It's saying the Bible, there's none good, no, not a one. But they don't tell you that. You know, they say, listen to me. But they don't say, I have vision and I can prove what I'm saying. Only school that I've been involved in that I was able to was here. That this man professed that and went about to back it up, proving it. He didn't just say he had a vision and revelation. He went to prove it and expounded mysteries that have been for hundreds and, and thousands of years, if you want to be exact, you know, brought them out where prior to that we had no knowledge. And what I was, uh, it was on my mind, but I couldn't get it out. It said, uh, if be a preacher, he had to be sent. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what, that's, that's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah, that's what. My lips, like like Moses, sometimes get a little. That's Colossians. Uh, Romans ten, and I'll start at. Um, let me go up to eleven. Romans ten and eleven. For the Scripture saith. Whosoever believeth on himself or him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Yahweh over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. How then shall they preach except they, excuse me, I'm sorry, 14th verse. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of the things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Yahweh, who has believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of Yahweh. And see, I've come to an understanding that you have to have an ear to hear. I was fortunate that at a young age, he allowed me to have an ear to hear, because it seemed like when you're young, you you just involved with so much other physical things, but for him to allow me to hear something spiritual was kind of yeah. it was just so merciful, yeah. you know. Because I really thought I would have went a different path than I did if it wouldn't have been for his mercy. See, and that you know he's been merciful for all of us, whether you know it or not. You know. 
you had a personal invitation That's from right. your creator today to learn of him as he really is and how he actually exists. Because before now, you might have had a preconceived notion prior by being out in the world and how they display it. God was a man with a beard and he was up above the sun, moon, and star. No, spirit is incomprehensible. See, it's inscrutable. Mm -hmm. See, you know, when you go to a funeral home, that, that's a body laying there, but best believe you did not see that spirit leave that body. Spirit is, is, is it's, it's invisible, see? But you can tell that it's a change because that vessel is an animal. It's not, you know, you can hold a conversation, it's gonna be one way, see? And that when you is hearing these things, Okay. I'm just a vessel. And I, I really appreciate the fact that he had a purpose to use me because it's an honor. You know, because uh, I wouldn't have never. <laughs> I thought of a lot of things when I was younger. And they really, all of us are good, to tell you the truth. I mean, you know, you, you grow up and, you know, kids. They, they want to be this and they want to be that. And I used to think, oh, it would be so good to be a, 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 a ruler and this and that, you know. But a lot of rulers, when power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, when you get, you know, you get a lot of money, you know, you get thinking you above somebody. When it's, it's Yahweh who give all the blessings. See, and the real true blessings is his attributes put into you. See, they say, let this mind that's in the Messiah yes. be in you. So when you get some intelligence, some wisdom, some knowledge, some love, oh, I, I can't even, whew, that's because he say the greatest of all the attributes is love. Mm -hmm. See. For you to want to share this gospel with somebody That's against right. all odds to put your life on the line. When you tell somebody this, it's offensive to tell them that you've been lied to all your life. Hmm. A lot of people don't want to because they vested in the church. Hmm. They vested in their church. They done gave thousands of dollars trying to buy their way into heaven. But guess what? It was a war in heaven. Yeah. See? And the cat who got the out, he deceived the whole world. <laughs> That's been in the book all the time. Right, right. It's been in the book all the time. But they're not explaining that to you. It wasn't explained like that to me. So I'm just sharing with you, in justice, Yahweh is just. And beauty. This creation is so beautiful. We we tear it up. Yeah. Mankind, we tear it up. But in its natural form, it's beauty. And for you to have power, you get any power from any form of fashion. It's from Yahweh. And this foundation and strength that comes from Yahweh. He's he's you got 13 vertebrae in your spine. 
that gives you your upright. Verse 33. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's yes. your right. Coming into this gospel, learning of this purpose, pattern, and plan of salvation, which is Yahweh coming through spirit, materializing, coming into a shed, shape, or form as Elohim, creating a creation, and then dwelling in the creation and coming in to save his creatures mm -hmm. as Yahshua. Yes. See, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. That's a divine love mm -hmm. for your offspring. Mm -hmm. See, we children of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. See, and understand that you know where you're going. He came down to come and get you to take you back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's so wonderful for you to come into an understanding because it's a lot of people out there, they blind to where they come from. Mm -hmm. See, this is the essence. This is it. This is the abstract. See, Yahweh and pure spirit, okay, you 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 could take it as when you come into being, okay, it's a conglomeration of fluids. The spermatic fluids and in an egg, and it really has like really no shape and form. Mm -hmm. Okay, just like Yahweh and His pure spirit said, "See, you can't, you can't see Him, you can't understand Him." Mm -hmm. But guess what? That baby is going to take a shape and form in the womb as Elohim. Mm -hmm. See, it's a son or a daughter. Okay, it's going to, you go by this same pattern. Yeah. You're going to go by the same pattern. Mm -hmm. You're going to take on a shape and a form. And guess what? It's all the same mm -hmm. to this pattern. You got most holy place, that's your ear cavity. You got holy place, that's your chest. And you got your uh, outer court, that's your abdominal. Okay, that's by this pattern. Now it was pillars and boards to carry around this tabernacle, mm -hmm. that's your arms and your legs. Mm -hmm. That's right. You go by this pattern. Nothing escapes this pattern. That's right. That's what brings it home to you. Any aspect of science, nature, is falling right now. Mm -hmm. You see the leaves falling that's off the right. trees? Yes. Why is that? Because he's going by this pattern. Yes. See? He spoke it. And let me get this uh, yeah. Exodus, the 12th chapter. Because see, we was under a delusion like when the uh, previous speaker was saying. He said, let the, uh, the darkness be called night and the light death. They got the day being changed at night. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Is that That's right. It's to show you, see, we all was deceived. Right. And we still, if you listen to them, mm -hmm. see, we children of the light. That's right. Mm -hmm. See, 
we, we hear, but we see things differently. Mm -hmm. See, you can tell me that midnight is a new day. It ain't a new day to the sun That's right. That's right. That I receive it. You can tell me any time, but that don't mean I buy it. Okay? Please, please get mm. Exodus 12 and 1. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye to all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too loved for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls, Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. And that's what they call Yahshua. He said, this is the lamb of Yahweh. See, and that was just a type in the shadow to lead you up into the reality. And that can get it in, because uh, they really don't tell you what money was in the 12th chapter. It's 13. 13. But you have to, I had to set it up first. Right. You always heard that saying about April Fool, okay? And we all was a fool, all of us. Because we was listening to the Greeks, and they all is liars. Okay, they great philosophers, but they come up with mythology. And mythology is a book of lies, fairy tales, okay? There's no in, in, in fact, in truth, it's, it's, it's made up, see. Now, Yahweh declared that April will be the beginning of the month. Now, I'm gonna guarantee you this. When April come about, that's when you see new life. buds on them trees, mm -hmm. grass is springing up, okay? Every year, without fail. It still ain't changed, because the nation of uh, Israel, they didn't change their calendar since then. And they say the beginning of months, see, they always transgress what Yahweh said. See, because they don't want to even admit the fact that they crucified Yahshua. They say they still waiting on the Savior. They say that he was a prophet. They don't even want to admit that they crucified him because they get a lot of heat from that. Right. You know, a lot of other nations say, well, you. Y'all crucified the same. No. Actually, they did, but it was purpose that's right. for it to be that way. And that's what the 12th chapter was saying. Y'all, nation of Israel, y'all take out a lamb. He ordered them to do that. He had to follow them instructions. So, see, if you don't understand or you don't have narrators to explain the story, you don't have no understanding. See? 
people throwing off on the nation of Israel. Listen, we wouldn't have got this if he wouldn't have used them. He chose them to be his people, right. to, to share it with the world. Okay? See, I learned that coming in here. See, when, well, when the uh, high priest went up there, he had some uh, pomegranates on, 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 the, on the road to, to represent the Gentiles, because that's what I am. I'm what they call an heathen. But guess what? I was included. I got an inheritance right. with my father. Right. And you do too. That's right. Because all you got to do is believe. But do your research. We encourage you to do that. Mm -hmm. Don't take our word for what we say. Okay. Mm -hmm. Please, you know, get you a dictionary, look up Jesus, and what you're going to find is you got etymology. That's the part that's in parentheses. That means the root of where that word comes from. Yes. You're going to find out. Guess what? It was no letter J. It's an, um, it's an impossibility that that was the name. <laughs> Please, because that's the most important name you could ever hear in your life. Right. There's no other name that salvation was given to. Because right. okay. that means Yahweh is salvation. And that is. And with those words, I'd like to say thanks. Thank you, Diane Carroll A. Jr. for that beautiful lecture. And for our next speaker, I'm so happy to be calling on our visiting brethren, Dr. Nikki Johnson from Orlando, Florida. It is a joy to be here um, and to be able to give a reasonable testimony about some of the things that I've learned since being a student in this school. And I definitely appreciated the comments of the first two speakers, and we're going to try to pick up right where the last speaker left off in parts racing because I thought I was going to stay in my seat. <laughs> but so, so he left off talking about this name. Now, most speakers have gone into the fact that. This teaching is as a result of a divine vision of revelation. They pointed out that it's been given by our founder, but we don't worship a man. And one of the most beautiful things for me when I first started sitting in the school was that he, it was delivered when he first said it, and for the speakers that did now he said, make me prove it to your satisfaction, or else you're not obligated to believe it. We're not down here to shove anything down your throat. This also isn't some new age religion. This vision that he had was in exact agreement with what's laid down in your scriptures. The same thing that Moses saw back here. The same thing that John saw on the Isle of Patmos. These things are in exact agreement. This isn't some new some new concept, if you will. These aren't the results of some man's mind. This is directly from Yahweh himself. And being able to prove it is what how you can stand in it. Because then it's not just something some pastor said to you. It's not something that you heard from some speaker on this floor, but you, you gotta go and do the research for yourself. Take the notes, write down the scriptures, go back and look at it. When you first 
when I first had to start studying it, you open up this Bible because you get a lot of people that, you know, you quote scriptures, they pull one scripture and they tell you, well, I think it means this. And then you get another scripture from somewhere else. Well, I remember when I was younger, I'm going to like a women's Bible study. And the way Bible study happens is you sit at a little circle table, they pull out a scripture, read it, and then go around and people tell you what they think about the scripture. This book wasn't written about what you think, that's what how you feel, your concept, your opinion, your theory. That's not what it was. Give me um Second Peter uh one to twenty. Second Peter one and twenty. Excuse me. Knowing this first. Knowing this first. So now an important thing about this Bible, you got you have got to know who's speaking. Yes. Who's being spoken to? What age and dispensation you're in? What time you're looking at so that you can have an understanding of what's happening. You're gonna have to go back and do some reading before, a little bit after. So it's not just a random grabbing of scriptures and then it's like, oh, I feel like this means no, that's not what it is. Read. Knowing this first, mm -hmm. that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. All these group study sessions, right. Right, right? that's not what this is. Right. So this is the Apostle Peter. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. This is after the day of Pentecost. We're down here in this fourth age down here. So he's filled with that spirit. We're talking about Yahshua. He died, buried, and resurrected so that he could pour out his Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That it could be permanently placed in mankind. No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Keep reading. For the prophecy mm -hmm. came not in old time mm -hmm. by the will of man. It did not come in old time by the will of man. So right. when they had those scriptures called in Isaiah, the vision of Isaiah, had it in Ezekiel, the vision of Ezekiel. You can read through all the prophets when it come down. They didn't come down. Jeremiah didn't come down saying, well, I think that this is what's going to happen with the church. Right. He said, thus saith yeah. Yahweh. Right. He came directly telling what it was that was given to him. It was not of his own thoughts and concepts. Keep reading. But a holy man of Yahweh spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Yahweh chose vessels. Holy men of Yahweh spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Guys, that's important. That's what that's what she mentioned when they were talking about learning about having visions. Yahweh spake to his creatures so that he wouldn't be left up to he didn't leave it up to us to work out our own salvation or even to be able to come into a knowledge or understanding of him it's it's already been laid down for us and thanks to his grace and his mercy you can get an invitation now and we have classes that are set up thankfully and you can sit down and learn so you ain't got a pen just you ain't got to pay nothing. You ain't got to take nothing out your pocket. It was freely given right. to us. It'll be freely given. Just pay attention. Mm -hmm. And that's so hard to do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard. But thanks be to Yahweh that he has allowed still time to go on to continue for mankind to continue to know something about him. The first aim of the school is to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and as he actually exists. Mm -hmm. And for me, this was a humbling process because the first thing that you have to admit is that you didn't know anything. Right. Not in truth, if you, if you really want to be honest about it. And so, why that's important? 
So now, when I came into class, the few things that I did knew there was a savior that died, had an idea, I'll put it that way, had an idea that there was a savior that died. All his name was Jesus. Mm -hmm. Anything past that, not really too sure about it. I read some parts of the Bible. I could recite the books of the Bible and just do things off of memory. But didn't really know anything. Mm -hmm. So now, we have what you have on this chart. Give me John 17. Mm -hmm. So now, what she's about to read at is the Savior himself. And this is the night before he is to be crucified. He's praying a prayer. Go ahead and read. That's John 17 and 1. Mm -hmm. These words spake Yahshua mm -hmm. and lifted up his, his eyes to heaven and said, mm -hmm. Father, the hour is come. Says, Father, the hour is come. Keep reading. Glorify thy son, mm -hmm. that thy son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh. So now this is the Savior. He's walking around in a physical body on the earth plane. He's about to be crucified. He says that the Father has given him power over all flesh. That he should give eternal life. The Savior is going to give eternal life to as many as the Father has already given him. Now this is key because the first thing we talk about in the church world and I, I won't even say the church world because there's people that don't even go to church that still think that this law is what's going to give them righteousness. Right. He said that he will give eternal life because everybody, that's the goal, mm -hmm. to be saved. Yeah. You know, it was funny talk about people that think they're bad enough that they're going to go to hell, not even realizing it's not a place to go. That's a right. whole other right. <laughs> But nobody actually wants to go. You don't mm -hmm. see people volunteer and say, this is this is my life's goal. Right. We just want to go to hell. <laughs> no! Even people that have no idea, people that think they're atheists, or whatever religious denomination people want to say they're affiliated with now, to some extent, everybody has a somewhat of a desire to want to know their creator and to want salvation. Didn't know this entire time in the book, the Savior himself is going to give you a definition of that salvation. Mm. He, not only that, but it is a gift. Yeah. It is a gift. Mm -hmm. My mom is sitting over there. Mm -hmm. When I give her a gift, I don't expect anything in return. Because right. yeah. right. it's a gift. It's freely given. Right. I love my mother. I'm going to give you a gift. Right. That's what a gift is. Yes. It's supposed to be. Now, people have corrupted it. Some people yeah. got all this. Christmas celebrations and you give somebody a gift and it's like, well, what should you give me? Right, right. And then they, we do, so they used to do Secret Santa yeah. and they used to do a dollar amount yeah. for, and you get like the one person that will get like a $20 gift and then they get back like something from the dollar store and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. foolishness, all kinds of foolishness for no reason. What are you talking about those kind of gifts? That's not, that's not what your Savior is doing. He said he is going to give eternal life to as many as the Father has already given him. And this is, go ahead and read. Third verse, and this is life eternal. And this is life eternal. Mm -hmm. That they might know thee. And this is life eternal. Yes. 
This is in the book. This isn't what I said. If you got a King James Version of the Bible, it's written in red letters. This is the Savior himself making this declaration. And this is life eternal. Keep reading. That they might know thee. That they might know thee. Who? The only true Elohim. That they might know thee. The only true Elohim. And, and Yahshua the Messiah. Yahshua the Messiah whom thou hast sent. That is eternal life. To know your heavenly father. It says that thou, Yahweh, right. art Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah whom thou hast sent. So when we talk about coming to a class, it said you come to a school to learn something that you didn't know before. We're coming to class to get a knowledge and an understanding of our Heavenly Father through the Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, because that is eternal life. That is eternal life. That is what he said. So now they talk about how your Bible is broken up. Because then the question is, well, how do you know him? It's talking about Yahweh being pure spirit. And in this state, he is inscrutable, he is incomprehensible. You cannot perceive of him in this state with your natural senses or your finite mind. You cannot, unfortunately. Though some might say they can, but it's just this is the way he set it up. It's his purpose. And that's that's something that we really, really have to understand. This is Yahweh's purpose, pattern, and plan of salvation. It is the way that it is for his good pleasure. And that's in the book. Yahweh in this state could not be perceived. So, knowing that, they say that one of his attributes is justice, he took on this shape and form as Elohim. Still Yahweh in this shape and form. And in this form, it allowed him to be seen in visions and in revelations, how he spoke to his creatures. Now, you're going to have to do the research yourself to actually go back in those books of the prophets. You can even start in Genesis. He appeared unto Abraham. He appeared unto Isaac and Jacob. All the patriarchs before. He appeared unto all those that he used as vessels to deliver his purpose or the message that he had for people at that time. And then he, Yahweh Elohim, put on a coat of flesh and walked around in his own earth as Yahshua the Messiah. Now, Go ahead and get me, um, give me Matthew 5 and 17. Go ahead and get Isaiah 8 and 20 again. And then give me Luke 24 and 25. Matthew 5 and 17. So now we're Matthew. And this is the Savior himself. Go ahead and read. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. Mm -hmm. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. It says, think not that I have come to destroy the law and the prophets. I had to learn what that was, but it's been gone over. So the law, the first five books of your Bible, from Genesis to Deuteronomy, your testimony or your prophets are your next 34 books, from Joshua all the way to Malachi. That's your law and your testimony or your prophets. Now the Savior is saying he didn't come in to destroy those things. He came in to fulfill them. And this is something that is so commonly misunderstood. Because that does not say, and you'll find that word, you have to look it up in addition when you get home. But to fulfill, 
means to bring to an end, to complete, to finish, to convert it into a spiritual reality. Now that is almost the exact opposite of what you're taught in the world that Jesus came in to institute. He never said that. You will find fulfilled some at least 40 times in your Bible. He came in to finish all this stuff. But most people throw out what they call the Old Testament. They got New Testament Christians or people just that don't even acknowledge what's back here. But if you don't know what's back here, then you don't know what's happening at the end of that book. And so when he, so that's, he's in the earth plane in Matthew 5 and 17. And go ahead and get Luke first. So now Luke 24 and 25. When the Savior walked around in the earth plane, he told his disciples that he would have to go through a death and a burial. But that he would resurrect the third day. You can pick that up in a few places, but um, it's Matthew 16 and 21. You don't have to get it. So now this is after his crucifixion, after he's been buried. And now it's the third day, and his disciples are essentially looking for him because he told them that he would be back. Go ahead and read. That's Luke 24 and 25. Mm -hmm. Then he said unto them, Oh, fools and slow of heart. So now he's saying unto his disciples, Oh, fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Why? Because they have the scriptures and they walked around with him through his ministry. But they didn't understand, which is why he's calling, you know, you call somebody a fool and you. Yeah. It's not a compliment. I know what it is. But it's, it's a understand their state of mind even while they walk around with him. You know, most people would think the disciples knew what was going on. But when you actually start to read through that book, they were just as perplexed as the rest of the people they had to come to him like, Master, what did you what did that mean? Explain this parable to us. He said, Oh fools and slow heart. Keep reading. To believe mm -hmm. all that the prophets have spoken. Mm -hmm. Ought not Yahshua to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So yes, they killed him, but it was purpose to be that way. He he laid down his life for a reason. He had to be crucified. He said, ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things. Keep reading. And beginning at Moses. And now beginning at Moses. And all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He used those scriptures to expound to his disciples the things concerning you and me. No. Mm -hmm. That's not what it says. <laughs> he said the things concerning himself. So when we go back in that book and we're examining things, it is to help us get a knowledge and an understanding of our Savior because that is eternal life. Mm -hmm. That's the point. So when you pick it up in Isaiah, because these things, the beautiful things about the scriptures, the beautiful things is that the Father repeats. Repeats over and over and over and then over and over and over and over somewhere. Why? So it's not just that if you said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established so you can see so you can prove it so you can have something to stand on so you can understand it if you didn't pick it up or catch it the first time you can get it the second time maybe not that time you can get it he's just he is just so now to the law 
into the testimony. That's in Isaiah. He's saying the same thing. So if the Savior himself is using the scriptures to expound, then the apostles after him. You can pick it up with Paul, but I'm not going to go there. So we're going to go ahead and go back to Moses. Because that's how we're going to learn something about our Savior. Now, when we're talking about this name, Yahshua, because right now, a lot in the world, you get a lot of people, they say, they've heard the name Yahweh. I have a Bible that I've had since college. It's a pretty gold and purple Bible. It's a study Bible. And I bought it because I was like, I wasn't going to church while I was at U of M. But, you know, at some point, I wanted to seem somewhat like not completely heathen. So I <laughs> my own concepts, you know? Never opened it, y'all. Just being honest, y'all can try to act like I no, never opened it. Packed it up, moved it to Florida, came to class in Florida. Two years later, it occurred to me I had this Bible. I opened up this Bible, and right in Genesis, right in Genesis, Yahweh Elohim. I said, Wait a minute. You mean to tell me these people at? This school didn't go into my Bible and put it there somehow in my house, and it's been it's been with me this whole time. But it took all of those years for me to be invited into a class for somebody to point out the name of my Creator, and then for me to realize it's been with me the entire time. Yahweh El Yahshua. So now Moses, we're gonna go back to the law, and I'm gonna chop up the story a little bit to get to a point. So, Moses, you know what? We're just going to jump. Go ahead and give me Exodus 3 and 1. That's Exodus 3 and 1. Mm -hmm. Now, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of Elohim, even to Horeb. Mm -hmm. And the angel of Yahweh, excuse me, yes, the angel of Elohim appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the... So flood. now, Moses is having a vision because this is Yahweh Elohim that's appearing unto him. It says in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. This bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. And after you, after I understood what was happening here, when you see how they depict this in the movies, it's the funniest thing in the world, especially the most recent one that came out where it's like they have a fire and it's like a boy. That's like delivering the message. And I'm just like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much confusion. And that's, and you know, you, it's not funny, but it's just like you, you realize your own state of mind and where you were and how you allow all these other concepts to really just ruin the reality of how he really is and actually exists. And, it's, and it also just makes you that much more grateful because you realize it's not nothing that you could have done on your own. Absolutely. Like, bring those egos down a little bit. It's nothing you could have done on your own. So that at the end of the day, all the glory goes back to us. That's a part of the purpose. So now, Moses has the sight. And he is introduced to the creator. Dr. Wade said that, you know, the first thing that you get when you have an introduction to, introduction to someone is their name. When he introduced himself to Moses, you read in your King James Bible that he says, the Lord thy God. 
the Lord thy God is not a name. And you learn that in school from a natural standpoint. And then you get into these, we, I'll say we, we get into these religious organizations and it's like everything goes out the window. You get somebody that stands up in front of you and says, that they're a pastor or a bishop or a priest or a rabbi, and you think that they're supposed to know something. You don't think to ask them if they had a vision that was given from the Creator, even if it was at God at that time. You don't, you don't even know the right questions to be able to try to ask them. But Moses is having a vision, and what Yahweh told him, go ahead and just drop down to... Yes. Exodus 3.13. Mm -hmm. And Moses said unto Elohim, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The Elohim of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? Now this is this is in the Bible, and when you read it in the King James Version, it is the silliest thing ever. And it's like, how do so, so many people, they say the, book, the Bible is the most commonly read book. But the most misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Because we read stuff like this and then we just accept whatever we heard. Moses, as the creator, God, essentially, God, when I go down to these people to deliver them, what shall I say is your name? Mm -hmm. Now, if his name was God, mm -hmm. that would just be stupid. Yes, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know what, no other way to put it. Yeah. I'm not going to come to you and say, just being, what is your name? That's right. What? <laughs> you look at me like I was crazy. Like, did you just, did you just call right. my name? Right. So if God was his name, then Moses wouldn't be asking this question. He says, what is your name? Read. What shall I say unto you? Mm -hmm. And Elohim said unto Moses, I will be what I will to be. Now, Key, you got to understand why he's asking this question. We know that Moses is a Hebrew. Mm -hmm. He was born down here in the land of Egypt. Right. You got to do a little bit of research to understand what Egypt was at that time and even present day. Right. We're talking about all the gods and idols in the world. They worship everything down here. And guess what? Even their idols had names. That's right. They had sense enough to give their idols names. But God, the ruler of heaven and earth, that is above all that created everything is just God. What? No, he has a name and he gave it unto Moses. Read. And Yahweh said, excuse me, and Elohim said unto Moses, I will be, have sent me unto you. Mm -hmm. Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I will be, have sent me unto you. Mm -hmm. And Elohim said, Moreover unto Moses, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh. The Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac and of Jacob has sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto now all generations. Now he says Yahweh, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because when you go back and read, somebody encouraged me recently to go back and read the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. And y'all, it is the... It's not even that long, but it's kind of long to get through. They talk about all of the gets. Right. Yeah. 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 But you get through it. And it was so it was so amazing because you go back there and you talk about how they called upon God at that time. So they called him El Shaddai. He was their Elohim, the Almighty Provider. But they did not know his name at that time. So right. now when Moses gets it, he's getting he's telling him, I am Yahweh. 
the Elohim of your fathers. Because back then he spoke to those Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Elohim appeared unto them in visions consistently. That's how they would have known him. But now I am the Elohim of your fathers. And then he says, this is my name forever. Yes. That's right. Yes. And then we get stupid and then don't know what forever means. So then you gotta get a dictionary. Get your own dictionary that you got at home and look up forever. And, and you know you think these things are silly, but it's I've had times where I had to look up small words. Like how? The first time somebody asked me if I knew the definition of how, I was offended. Right. I have a college education. You right. just ask me, do I know what how means? And then you just gotta, y'all just gotta knock you down right. a little bit. Get that dictionary and look that word up. Right. And then you realize, nope, didn't know what it means. Right. 30 years old, didn't know the definition of how. Simple stuff. Right. But then he reveals that knowledge back up to be able to come to a knowledge and understanding of him. He said, this is my name forever and this is my memorial unto all generations. Not just the Israelites or the Hebrew people who he established his purpose with, but this will be for all generations. So now Moses is commissioned to come back down here into the land of Egypt. He gets signs and wonders, and he is instructed to deliver the children of Israel up out of this bondage that they had been in. It had already been prophesied through Abraham, and I don't even have time to go there. But so they're in Egypt, and that's where he was reading it in Exodus, the 12th chapter. They were instructed to take out land. Hold it over for four days, then kill that lamb. Now, what you have to remember is that all the stuff that we're reading about is pointing to Yahshua the Messiah. Remember, he said he expounded unto them in all those scriptures the things concerning himself. So every time you pick up that book and you're reading, you have to understand that we are looking for something that is telling us about our Savior. What is it that you're telling us about you through these? This group of people that she worked with in this migration that they did. So now, go ahead and get me. He delivers them up out of the land of Egypt. They're in this wilderness of Sinai. They're told to wash up and clean up, for against the third day, this law is going to be spoken down. Now, people think they're holy and they're out there to keep some Ten Commandment law that they have nothing about. So, party that they weren't invited to most of the time. This is given to the Israelites, the children of Israel alone. And it wasn't just ten. Like they said, you have some 613 laws and ordinances that the Father gave to them. So in Exodus the 20th chapter, he's speaking down his law. Go ahead and get me 21. Exodus, Exodus 20 and 1. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh, excuse me, and Yahweh spake all these words, saying, I am Yahweh thy Elohim, mm -hmm. which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. He's repeating. Mm -hmm. He delivered them. He's, he's repeating. I brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of this bondage. Keep reading. Out of the house of bondage. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt have no other Elohim before Let me. Let me be clear. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Keep reading. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Those, and you read this stuff and it's like, this girl's so corrupt. <laughs> Thou shalt not make any graven image. The amount of graven images that are out here in this world that people think is how they're supposed to worship God, it's like 
your own first beginning of your commandments tell you exactly not to do what you're doing. How, how did it get so corrupt? All the way back here, start it when you spoke it down. Go ahead and keep reading. Or any likeness of anything. Or any likeness of anything. That is in heaven above. And wait, the beautiful thing about Yahweh is he don't, he don't leave gray area. Don't leave it up to your interpretation either. It is very specific and clear. What these graven images don't make like to anything in heaven. Keep reading. Or that is in the earth. Or that's in the earth. And for all your smart people that think that maybe you got some extra stuff that no. And not even nothing that's underneath the earth. Right. None of it. Keep reading. Or that is in the water under the earth. That's in the water under the earth. Keep reading. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, mm -hmm. nor serve them. For I am Yahweh thy Elohim, am a jealous Elohim. Mm -hmm. Visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children until the third and fourth generation. And I'm a jealous Elohim, and I will visit this iniquity. Right. I will visit this iniquity unto generations and generations, unto the third and the fourth. People say, y'all take this name too seriously. Oh, yeah. But when you read this Bible, Yahweh didn't play about this name. That's right. Did not play. Keep reading. Uh -huh. Now, excuse me, and showing mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And showing, and showing mercy unto thousands of them. So he tells them not to take his name in vain. Thou when shalt he, not take the name of Yahweh thy Elohim in vain. And you know, growing up, you think that that's like, gosh darn. <laughs> God, right. That's, that's taking the name in vain, right? No, because God ain't even his name. When you look up the definition of vain, it means fruitless. Mm -hmm. It means to bring to naught. Essentially useless. All the way back here, when this was given, Israel had problems. Because they went out here saying, God darn. That's right. right. They stopped using the name. Mm -hmm. They started substituting it with other things. That's taking it in vain. It's, it's useless if you don't use it. That's right. It's useless if you don't know the power that's, that's in it. Right. That's right. It's useless if you can't call it. So he told them that. And they corrupted this thing. We're going to pick up one example and then I, I'm going to give two other scriptures and I'm going to have a seat. Go ahead and give me 1 Kings. Um, and they get the scripture lesson in Philippians. And they get asked. The third chapter. First Kings 18. Um, well, prophets of Israel. Yeah. And do you want me to stop and just jump down a little bit? You can start. You can. I don't have time. So you can go right to 1821. So okay. you can go. First Kings. Um, uh, so you have the situation with Elijah. And he's one of the prophets. Just get up. Okay. Go ahead, Ray. Um, that'll be First Kings, and I'll start at seventeen just to pick it up okay. a little bit. First Kings eighteen and seventeen, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, mm -hmm. that Ahab said unto him, "Art thou he that troubleth Israel?" Mm -hmm. And he answered, "I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that ye has forsaken the commandments of Yahweh, and thou hast followed Balaam." Mm -hmm. Now therefore sin and gather to me all Israel to my So now he says that you have followed Balaam. Mm -hmm. Now you can just read over that. 
But you gotta understand what Balaam means. That's right. If you have a good Scofield reference Bible, it's actually in the margin. But you'll see Baal and Baal, B A A L. You'll see Balaam, B A A L I M. And then you'll see Balai, B A A L I. So now those endings on them. When you look up Baal, it'll tell you that it means Lord. Yes. When you look up Balai, it's that I on the end that denotes my Lord. Right. Balaam makes it plural. Mm-hmm. Lords. Okay? Keep reading. Mm-hmm. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel to Mount Carmel. <laughs> and the prophets of Baal, 450. Mm-hmm. And the prophets of the groves, 400. So we think things have changed and we down here calling on my Lord. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked in one of the first classes I went to, how many of y'all were Baal worshippers? I'm like, I'm not worshiping nobody named Baal. Wait a minute. <laughs> Bell is Lord. That's right. Out here calling on my Lord. Out here calling on Baalai, mm-hmm. Baal worshippers, and mm-hmm. didn't even ignorantly worship the wrong thing. Keep reading. Mm-hmm. Which eat at Jezebel's table. Mm-hmm. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together to mm-hmm. Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt you between two opinions? How long? This is Elijah addressing the people mm-hmm. at that time. How long halt ye between two opinions? Keep reading. Mm-hmm. If Yahweh be Elohim, follow him. He says, now, if Yahweh be Elohim, now, when you read this out of the King James Version right. of the Bible, it says, if the Lord if be the God, Lord be God mm-hmm. then follow him. But if Baal, then, then follow him. Those are two different things. The Lord is Baal. So they, when they did that translation, they didn't even understand what they were translating to try to make that right. He said, if Yahweh be Elohim, then you follow him. But if Baal, then you go ahead and follow him. And you have that situation that happened where they did that demonstration. You're going to have to read that for yourself. But if people died that day. Yahweh the amount of people that were destroyed for his name, even back here with Pharaoh, he said, for I have raised thee up to show thee my power right. and to declare my name. It was always about that. He said he didn't destroy Israel. Why? Because it was, it was his people. He has to say, no, it was for his own. It was for his holy name's sake. You've got to read these things. So when we get down to our Savior, he does not come in. you got all these prophets that came in. Jeremiah, Yahweh. Isaiah, Yah, Zephaniah, Yah, mm-hmm. Zechariah, Yah, yes. and then some came in air. We got Joel, Daniel, yes. Daniel, um, Ezekiel. Sorry, Ezekiel. But you can go through all of them, and then you get down here and you got Jesus. Right. No, <laughs> all their names. You can go to a concordance or the back of a Bible. They all had meanings. That's right. They all had purposes for why they were set and how they were to lead the people. So when Yahshua came in, in Matthew 1 and 21, it says, you shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Yahshua. Why? For he shall save his people from their, not his sins, from their sins. His name has his mission. Yes. His name's Yahshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. We're talking about soul salvation, eternal life down here. So when we get to our spiritual lesson, and it talks about that Yahweh has highly exalted. Yes. Not this whole organization of people, not the founder that had a vision. No, this was already here way before that. It just took Yahweh to reveal it to somebody so they can be pointed out. 
He gave him a name. He gave him a name. Not many names. You can't call him what you want. You can't call him whatever you feel like, whatever is on your heart and mind because he knows who you're talking to. Eternal life isn't for Yahweh to know you. He created you. He girded you when you didn't know him. Eternal life is for you to know him. And y'all, let me tell you, when you date somebody, remember if you got kids. You don't want them calling you the wrong name. If you don't know what my name is, you don't really no, know me. That's right. At all. You can't really have a relationship with anybody and you don't know their name. Could you imagine living in a house with somebody and you walk by them every day and it's like, for five years, I never got your name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we can see logical. We're talking about a name that is above everything, yes. and Yahweh said so. Keep reading. Mm-hmm. That's Philippians 2. I'll start at 9. Mm-hmm. Wherefore Yahweh has also highly exalted him mm-hmm. and given him a name which is above everything, mm-hmm. that at the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And it wasn't Jesus. Y'all just, right. When you look up Jesus in a dictionary, after you read through the etymology and find out that's not what it was to begin with, it just said the founder of Christianity. Right. He wasn't a Christian. That's right. Christ was not his title. What right. no Christians walking around back here. It was Messiah. Mm-hmm. A name above every name that at the name of Yahshua mm-hmm. every knee shall bow. Yes. Listen, you can do it willingly, Mm-hmm. Or you can wait until the universal That's revelation right. and be found unwillingly. Yeah. But it's going to happen. Every knee shall bow. Keep reading. Mm-hmm. Every knee shall bow mm-hmm. of things in heaven, heaven and things in earth uh-huh. and things under the earth. Mm-hmm. And that every tongue should confess that Yahshua the Messiah is the Savior. Yahshua the Messiah is the Savior to the glory of Yahweh the Father. Giving him back the glory. When you go through that book, and I'm pretty sure I'm out of time, what I was going to get is Acts. So in Acts 4 and 12, it tells you that there is no other name that salvation is in. But the key is picking up that story. You have the apostles at that time, after the Holy Spirit was poured out to the Jews on the day of Pentecost, and they are preaching in the name of Yahshua. And they're walking into a temple, and they pass by this man who was lame. And now you've got these renowned men of Israel, like your current preachers and pastors, that have passed by this man every single day. He's lame at the doorstep, and they can't nobody do nothing for him. And then it's Peter and John yes. that walk by him, and they tell him, silver and gold have I not, but that which I do have, I'll give to you. Yes. And we're talking about that spirit that's in them. Yes. And they reach out, and he it says that he his and ankle bones immediately. immediately. Yeah. Y'all ain't talking about these fake healers right. that we have right. on, right. on these right. television right. shows. And I just mean, I mean, oh, like, oh my goodness, this is some good TV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and people watching it for religious purposes. Anyway, his ankle bones immediately shredded and he got up and walked. And he ran into the temple and all these people. Now, here's the problem. All these people now know that these two men these unlearned men, as they call them, have healed this man. Oh, what it says in the Bible is that a workable note has been done. Yes. Now what it asks is by what power or name. And by what name they have associated name with power yes. have you done these things? Yes. Now they don't they don't say, oh yeah. By my right, name, right. Peter. Right. I did that. Right. No, by the name of Yahshua. Go ahead and read that. Mm-hmm. 
that's Acts 4 and 10. 10. Mm -hmm. Be it known unto you all mm -hmm. and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Yahshua the Messiah of Nazareth, mm -hmm. whom you crucified, whom ye crucified, whom Yahweh raised from but the dead. Yahweh raised yes. him from the dead. Keep reading. Even by him doth this man stand here. So y'all out of time. But this thing is about our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. For the first time in my life when I came into the class, it was finally knowing something that was true about my Savior. Because this is about having, regardless of what you hear from the store, what you might see on TV, what your previous religious affiliation was, or what anybody may have told you. When, you, when it's time for you to take off this flesh, it is an individual thing. That's right. It is about what's in you, what you what you know for yourself. That's right. And this wonderful school that has been set up, that Yahweh so mercifully yeah. has given us still at the end of this age, is right. a place that you can come and know the truth. You've got to do the research. You have got to look it up for yourself. Mm -hmm. You and come to class, That's continue right. to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you ask Yahweh to reveal it to you. So his attributes, you wouldn't be just if you didn't do it. And I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. Yeah, if we could just finish that oh, last okay. scripture. <laughs> this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Whereby we must be saved. So there's, there's so much to learn about. Mm -hmm. Yahweh is so so awesome. We're talking, they, they mentioned the tabernacle pattern and how it correlates to your physical body. Yeah. You can go through stuff like the seasons. Yeah. Anything that you look at, anything that Yahweh has created, mm -hmm. and it'll all tell you something about your creator. Mm -hmm. That's the beautiful thing. You can take so much stuff. He gave us an abundance mm -hmm. of witnesses to prove himself. Mm -hmm. He didn't leave it up to us. That's you right. You or me That's to right. prove his existence. <laughs> but he's Thankfully, giving us the vessels Speak up. And it will be brief, folks. I just wanted to um, thank our visitors for mm -hmm. gracing us with their presence. Mm -hmm. I want to extend the invitation to you that you're welcome to join us at any time. Mm -hmm. Your daughter Nikki has pretty much everybody's in here's phone number. Mm -hmm. So if you have any questions, any concerns, mm -hmm. if you want to know when we're going to do this again, just pick the phone and give us a call. Because what has happened today is, is Yahweh the Creator Himself has introduced Himself to you. And He introduced Himself to you the same way He introduced Himself to everyone that's sitting in here. That's right. In other words, this high lofty element that we call Yahweh in this invisible shape and form, took on shape and form. And then just came down and manifested in the flesh. See? And that's exactly what he's done to you. See, this same Yahweh, see, Elohim has manifested in the flesh of your daughter and delivered himself to you. 
So the, the mercy and the grace of Yahweh is because he loves his offspring just like you love your offspring. And she is an example just like everyone in here. There's a walking image of what the creator has done for the whole world. That's why you do what you do for your child. You can't help it. That's right. Because he did it for me. So That's thank right. you. Please come and join us. Thank you. Well, that concludes our lecture for today's class. We really enjoyed everyone coming out. We do hope that you will uh, continue to come to the lectures when we have in person. Mm -hmm. And we also have mm -hmm. um, our Zoom meetings. And our Zoom meetings are held every Tuesday and Thursday from 5.30 to 6.30 and on Sundays from 11.30 until 1.30. So you can just attend on Zoom as well. Uh, we don't have your email to send your link. Then uh, you can have this person, Lauren Lewis in the blue, will take your email you can give it to uh, whoever you came with to get the email. So uh, at this time, we would have Dr. Sally, who would ask everyone to please stand and on Zoom in the moments of silence in your heart and mind. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you cause for the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Let us all say, Hallelujah.